0: It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees.
1: Football time in Houston, and we're ready to play. Put a positive spin on this Kenyon Green and Casario stuff for me, please. 713-780-ESPN. We'll get to Joe's countdown to kickoff question, because it's Texans at 4. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Mike in Cyprus. You're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Mike?
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I'm not as bent out of shape about this as y'all are, just because I think the bigger issue was the, uh, the health on the offensive line, right? So, you know, Questenberry was slotted as a center to start. He goes down. Howard goes down temporarily, and now Green's down. So, yeah, now you have three question marks, right? So when they drafted Scruggs, the juice a, is a guard center. Patterson's a guard. So they probably walked into the season going, hey, if Kenny Martin goes down, we got to fill one spot, which now has turned into three spots. So that makes sense on why I don't think they did more. And also, without knowing the nature of the surgery, mm-hmm. you know, being that it's a shoulder surgery, probably if you had it in May, that probably would have knocked him out for the whole year anyway. Sure. So they might have sat down with him. They might have said, hey, you know, it happens in baseball all the time. It's like, hey, you can get through this or right. you can have surgery now. But either way. Um, this might knock you out for the season. So if they sat down and they said, "Hey, do you want to test this?" and he said, "You know, I want to give it a go," then I'm not too upset about That's it. That's definitely that, what happened, I think the Mike. the bigger thing is, is that. Is that
1: line. Let me ask you this, Mike. Before you go, let me ask you this. Like, because I, I agree with you. Sure. Like, I think that it, I, I think that if he had the surgery in May, his season was done. Having the surgery, you know, next week, his season's obviously done. He was on placed on the IR. Uh, his season is done. But what gives him the better chance to be healthy, ready to go training camp 2024? Surgery next week, surgery in May.
2: So I, 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 you broke up a little bit, but I think, uh, I, in May I think it's so I, I couldn't hear everything you said, but let me answer What what, I, what, what, I what gives you, you a better chance
1: about? what gives you a better chance to have success next year? What what, what Kenyon Green has a better chance to have a good two thousand twenty four, to be healthy, ready to go at camp, to be healthy, ready to go, week one two thousand twenty four. That he's he's in shape. He he's a hundred percent medically having surgery next week or having surgery in May? Because if this is a twelve month injury, that means he's entering training camp next year at eighty percent, rehabbing yeah. his shoulder.
2: Yeah, I think the bigger thing with that is how much he got killed by the fans. I think, one, it's his health, but, two, like, everybody's calling him a butt, and now this comes out and it's like, oh, wait a minute, he was, like, seriously hurt. So I agree with you 100%. I think if it's a 12-month surgery – Like, yeah, I would have done that in May, give him a better chance to come back, but also, like, take off all this ridicule. He's been ridiculed, like, nonstop for two months. Yeah. So, no, I agree with you on that.
0: That's that's the part that makes me sick. And here's what really drives me nuts, too. And forgive me for saying this already. I'm going to pull a Joe George here, and I'm going to do the whole disclaimer before I say it. But this is your first-round pick of a year ago. This is a guy that you know is penciled in to be part of your future. As a general manager... Why in the hell would you eat, no matter what, if the kid... I love that the fact that the kid wants to play, if that's the case. But this is where you have to think big picture instead of small, small picture for the season immediately and say, this is my left guard for the next five to seven years, if all goes as planned. I can't take the risk that him going back out there can do more damage or really screw him up possibly for his career. It's a different story. If we're talking about a veteran journeyman you brought in or a guy towards the back end of his career and he really, you know, and, and and you're playing, you think you got a super bowl chance and you're like, this is the last key piece to my offensive line. I got to have, can you try and tough it out for me? And we've seen veterans do that and kind of hobble around and do what they need to do to just be serviceable enough for a team to try and tough it through. This is a guy that's your bonus baby. This is a guy that you have a ton of stock in. You don't let him do it even if he wants to. Like, think, it, like
1: if Kenny Green was trying to play through this and, like, get it through a sustained period of time, like, best case scenario, he's playing at, what, 80%, 85%, case, yes. 90%. Let's say best case, 80%. Kenyon Green, 80% of what he showed you as a rookie oh. is not a starter in the NFL. Like the, the the whole idea of Casario having Kenyon Green in permanent marker as his starting left guard, what, what he showed you on film, knowing his, he's hurt, is criminal. And, and Mike brings up a good point about, you know, Quesdenberry got hurt early in camp. He was going to be the center, it looked like early in the year. Juice Scruggs was kind of a guy that could back up center, back up left guard. But you drafted Juice Scruggs to be the center of the future. Yep. Like, you drafted him to be the center of the future, to take over Quesenberry's job. We've been banging on the table that Quesenberry's probably not an NFL starter in the NFL. Could he be a good interior offensive line backup? Sure. I'll give him that. I'll give him that he could be a good backup interior offensive lineman. But if Quesenberry's your starting center or Quesenberry's your starting left guard, you are below average relative to the NFL. Same thing with Drew Scruggs, honestly. I think Drew Scruggs is going to be a nice player. He's not going to play right away because he's got this hamstring injury. I think he's going to be a nice player someday. But a rookie
0: at center in
1: year one.
0: You're in for some problems. Jeremy, let's be realistic, too, about what a general manager does. A general manager would, would, given this scenario, and know it's playing out right in front of your eyes, knowing that if you knew what you knew in May, and you told us that's the case, and you know that the new NFL, the new NFL year is about to start, you know that free agency is about to start, you know that teams are going to be shedding salaries and, and, and in situations where they're going to have to change their roster up, you know that it's not an if, it's a when. You've said so. So why in the world were you not already pre-preparing for the inevitable by trying to get other guards into your locker room? And whether you do it early or you do it right before camp or you're working on it in a trade, the same way that you went and got Shaq Mason, the same way, you should have already had two or three viable options standing by ready to go, one or two of them already signing on the dotted line, and you couldn't worry about, well, it looks this looks bad for Kenya. No, it doesn't. Because you know what? Competition brings out the best in players. And also, veterans can help teach the younger kids when they're getting their feet wet in the NFL. You could spin it however you wanted to spin it, but you should have been prepared and ahead of this thing no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean if if a guy's
1: going to like fade because there's competition, it's not a guy that I want to rely on anyways. Uh 713-780-ESPN. All right, Texans at 4. What did, what did you have in store for us here, Joe?
3: Well, uh, Joe George. Well, I wrote a question out in like a week ago in preparedness for this. And it was said by Nick Cassario. "Way um, to be prepared." Which in, which position group is the most screwed oh, after an so injury? <laughs> so We're going to stick with the question, but you can't answer O-line. Like, which position group is the most screwed after one more injury? Quarterback. (laughs) See, I think Davis Mills is probably
0: the best backup on the team. On the team, but Congrats. in the league, yeah, way to go. Most, like, no like, one can hit a popcorn vendor in the third row on an out route like Davis Mills. I, I'm not sure about that.
1: Like, I mean, if you gave if you gave Case Keenum eight starts, Davis Mills eight starts, I, I think it's close. I, I don't think that there's one guy that's significantly ahead well, of the think, other. Well, I think I think Keenum's better. I, I think Keenum would produce better. Yeah, like if like, but I understand davis mills getting those reps because mean I mean still have him under contract for another year he's cheap like i i get it like in case his job is to mentor the young quarterbacks so i'm with you that case would be more productive for a six eight game start yep. stretch but i to- i would go davis mills too
0: uh so you think you think quarterback there i mean it's it was the quick answer because we know how important the position is to the to uh, trying to win games in the nfl it's the most important single position i think in sports mm-hmm I don't think I, there's if, a. if I didn't say quarterback, I'd probably say Petrie. I don't think there's a massive divide
1: right now versus Stroud and Mills because Stroud as a rookie is a rookie's gonna have growing pains. Mills is gonna you know gonna be in this third year. Now Stroud by the end of the year versus Davis Mills, that that divide should be very, very wide. Absolutely it should be massive. Because Stroud's ceiling you know, is at a ten. Mills Seedling's like at a five. They're both right now playing at about a three or a four. To be completely honest, I think the biggest drop off is tight end. The tight end position kind of scares me, especially for a team that I think wants to play some twelve personnel. You're gonna you're gonna put Tegan Quirtoriano out there. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, Brevin Jordan's on this team. The fall off from Dalton Schultz to Tarantino and Brevin Jordan is massive. Uh, if Schultz gets hurt. <laughs> See ya. Goodbye. Like any storms, any any chance of any sort of offensive production from that position is gone. Well, especially because you're
0: so limited at wide receiver, at least. So it exactly. Looks, right? So like
1: from a tight end position, the 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 gap is massive. And then from a like offensive firepower, you lose Dalton Schultz. You're screwed from an offensive firepower perspective. This is not an offense that wants to play eleven personnel with three wide. They want twelve personnel. They want a fullback, and you have nothing. Behind Dalton Schultz,
0: well, it's also the fact that what you just said is all based on on Pierce having a, a year like he had and more by not not being hurt at the end of the year. So therefore, if he goes away, Singletary can't do the same things, mm-hmm. and, and and so that's a that's another position right there. When you think about that, you're yeah, setting... I, think, I think Singletary's solid though. I I, I like Singletary. I, I, I'm not saying I don't like him. I, I think that he's a he's a very very good complimentary back to a guy like Pierce but if you lose the battering ram and and the the young the young powerful legs of pierce singletary's not that guy he's not an every down between the tackles type of guy in my opinion and i think that especially since you're talking about you know lining up with a fullback and doing the things that they plan on doing i don't think that's going to work with singletary as yeah. opposed to yeah
3: pierce. i i just don't think they're like i don't think they're screwed like with Desmond King, they can survive it. Yeah, I think of all the positions, running back is one of the ones where like I feel the most okay. I don't love the cornerback position. Like I like Desmond King. And and cutting him now you're relying on what Shaquille Griffin yeah, as I mean, your other guy and look he was once a really good player. Shaq's but, not going to play
1: nickel though. He's not going to be a nickel. Yeah,
3: so I'm a little. I would say cornerback would be the other position group I'm looking at. Of like if if Stingley goes down, it's just like
1: he's looked a little washed too. Shaq Griffin has like I've seen some people say that he was in jeopardy of missing the roster. I, I didn't heard
3: that. Think he was going to be on the. I,
1: roster. I thought he was like they gave him a significant contract, uh, so I, I thought he was going to be on the roster. Now the 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 uh, the Holman kid I was surprised about, and they even said that Grayland actually was more surprised about Graylin Arnold, the, the fifth safety on this team. They say he might even play a little bit of nickel. But don't we think that it,
0: it, with the way Petrie played a year ago and, and how athletic he is and how all over the field he is, uh, that especially when we when we look at Ward and say it looks like it might have. Yeah, I mean, Ward,
1: I don't hate MJ Stewart and Eric Murray, though. Like, I think for their position, MJ Stewart and Eric Murray, I feel better as backup safeties than I feel about See, backup tight end with Quentin Tarantino and Brevin Jordan.
0: I hear he has backups, but when they're forced to do or you into playing the way that – and you're expecting you need someone at that position yeah. to play like Petrie played, I don't think either guy no, I mean, can do it's, that. It's a drop-off for sure.
1: I just think that they're better relative to their position than what they have at tight end. 713-780-3776. Out to the HRP listener line. Vera, you're in the hive with the killer bees. What's going on?
4: Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for letting me call in. I think you stole the words right out of my mouth, the tight end group. But I think the other group that will also be... and I don't know what Brevin Jordan has done in the camp to Nothing. even deserve a place in the in the roster, in the 53-man roster. You figured when they went looking for a guard and a defensive back that they would have tried to find a viable um, tight end. I know um, Eagles traded for the 2025 7th round pick for... Albert. Oh, I'm never going to get his name. Yeah, right I know you're now, talking about the Denver uh, from guy. Broncos. Yeah, the Denver guy. So I, I'm surprised that they kind of made peace. I, I thought even Mason Schreck looked better than uh, Brevin Jordan, um, unless this is just Nick wanting to keep his 21st draft class guys um, intact or whatever. Um, the other one, I think, I would say, kind mean, of running that group is. I mean, okay, there is a drop off, but between Singletary and how Mike Boone has played, anybody would have looked an upgrade over Rex Burkett. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks,
1: guys. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's, I mean, that's true. Like, I, I think Single is like an NFL pro. I think yeah, Single is one of the top forty players in the NFL. You want to break it to you, Yeah,
3: Mike Boone just got cut.
1: Well, I got news for you. Because practice squad? They've uh, they've re-signed Boone. Like, uh, I don't, I don't understand the semantics of this. I don't understand why you have to good. do this. Like the,
3: the the Patriots cut every single quarterback besides Mac Jones, and they brought all of them back.
1: Yeah, they're all re-signed. Aaron Wilson tweeted out 15 minutes ago. He said, "More on Boone being off the roster." Temporarily, he re-signed with the team on the same deal, two-year, three-point-one contract. I don't understand the one,
2: Yeah,
0: I may I don't know. I have no idea. Is this I like a this. quirky clause in the cap it that sure had seems to like be addressed? It has like, to be. Yeah, there's they, like
3: some semantics they're pulling here. So they released
0: him for. Uh, a
1: cup of coffee, and he's already back on the same exact contract. So I want Boone's a new signing here, bonus. Which make Joe? Great question. Joe during the break was like, "Oh man, I like Boone. He was my camp I crush." Too, yeah. I know. and he was he was distraught for about five minutes. But no, he Mike Boone is back with the team. So, did he get a second signing bonus? I don't know, man. It's weird. I the I, bet, NFL, I need NFL a little something stuff, for the effort there. NFL cap stuff is. I mean, rocket science. It really is. Like, it is so hard to understand. It
0: is, but then it isn't when you see a team that's like $28 million over the cap, and then in in like 24 hours, they're good to go. Like, the Saints were a couple years ago. They were so in cap hell. And then you go, oh, but they can work it out.
1: The same deal. Like, he's re-signed the same deal. But for the five minutes that he was released... Or cut. I would at least have my
0: agent so go, how weird. about a little something for the effort? It's a bad look. Can I, I get mean, a little extra? Okay,
1: if you do that, I'm just going to be like, well, we're going to
0: cut you then. Well, you're not going to have a job. Right. But I would think <laughs> someone else would sign him. It <laughs> look good if you look at the But tape. It's
1: not a guarantee. I mean, it's not a guarantee. 713 780 ESPN. The Athletic reported today that teams were calling on the Texans' backup quarterbacks. We, we don't know what was offered for Mills or, or Mills or Keenum. But if you can get a fourth-round pick for Davis Mills, he should have been on the first plane out of town. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.
0: Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend, Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business, Neograph procedure. What is it? It's getting your own hair back. It literally is your own hair, and it's going to be there for you for the long haul. Seriously, it's not the sprays and the creams and the foams that mask the problem when you have pattern baldness or thinning somewhere on your scalp. And the fact of the matter is, and I didn't know this, maybe you didn't know it either. Genetically, Doc Linville explained to me, you're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head, no matter how much hair you lose in the front or up on top in the back. Therefore, he takes some of that hair on the sides, he repurposes it where you need it most, and you see the results almost instantaneously. Now, the real results are going to be seen in six to nine months when the hair gets a chance to get settled in, it gets longer, it gets stronger, and because it's coming from the sides and the back, it's never going anywhere. 95 to 99% of the follicles moved are going to stay. They're going to grow. They're going to be with you for the long haul. That's why I did the procedure. You, as a listener to ESPN 97.5, you get a bonus that you just can't get off the street. And that is, instead of meeting with Doc Linville and his staff and being charged 150 bucks for the consultation, you get it for free. All you got to do is go to 975hair.com. Set up the appointment. Go in. No obligation. Nothing out of pocket. Nothing. You got to sign that makes you say that you have to do anything. You just get a good question and answer session to figure out if the procedure's right for you. Ask all the questions, get all the answers, make the decision. If you're the next in line to get the Neograft, you're going to be glad you did it. Doc's the best in the business, in my opinion, does it right here in Houston. He can do it for you, too. 975hair.com. Tell him Joel Blank sent you by.
1: It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. It is the Killer Bees. Um, 8693. I know it's Texans at four. But, fellas, Uncle Mike is out there hitting like he's never missed a game, and I'm loving it. Well, we're preoccupied. We're doing things here. We're doing th- We're working. Some of us have to work right now at the moment. But, yeah, the Astros, uh, we're watching on the GameCast, the, the – you know, We're not going to watch the TV as we do our job. We're not going to slack. Uh, but the Astros are beating the Reds. We're, we have it up on the on the game tracker. It's 7 nothing Astros. I'm Brantley, slacking in here. Joe, yeah, Joe's got the TV. Joe's got
0: feet up, bowl of popcorn. He's just having a mm, hell of popcorn a Popcorn sounds great right so now. So,
1: Joe, tell us. I mean, I saw Brantley on the game day here. Said that he had a ground rule double, and then I guess he had a two RBI singles. Yes. Yeah. So Brantley's, I mean Brantley's a couple of knocks. Us, like, does he look good? He looks. I think mean, Jeremy like he's never mentioned one of the
3: first ones. He called him Michael. Uh, I
1: did. What'd you say? You little, said I Michael call I called him Michael Groundrod Double. Double Brantley. Yeah. yeah, just a little Easter egg. You got to pay attention when you listen to the Killer Bees. Fromburg We're always dropping Easter eggs in there.
3: Yeah, Frombro looks great. They it Looks just really had the bases great. Bases loaded. Didn't do much with it. But the
0: Astros. Yeah. Yeah, two two didn't get. And then people are mad and at Altuve. It's like you know he's kind of been red hot. You gotta give him a pass. Oh, you hit
3: like the longest, highest double ever off the monster.
1: Seven nothing, like nine hits through four. The Astros' offense looks ridiculous, Ooh, though. Boy. This this Astros' offense, like, look, we criticize Dusty Baker, but uh, credit to Dusty Baker for getting this offense to click on all cylinders. The gamecaster is telling me that uh, Frommer Valdez just give up his first hit of the game. Fact. Okay. So, you just so now you have no ten, reason to be following the
3: Astros. Just just up seven nothing. There's the no hitter's gone. Ten straight no hit innings before that. Fromber's either a no-hitter or he gets lit up for six or seven runs. Yeah, it was, so that was <laughs> 10 in the third without giving up
1: a hit.
0: That's nasty.
1: Pretty nasty. Maybe Fromber's figuring it out, too. That'd, that'd be Let's very, so. very nice. That'd be very,
0: very nice. Him but and yeah, J.P. France in the same two, look, games, two games in a row would be great.
1: We, we told you earlier in the show that, look, Brantley was over 4. Don't do don't be a box score analyst. Like Look look at him and the way he hit the ball. Look look at the exit velocities on that Brantley. Look like he was taking some pitches. Look at uh, you know the swing. Look at all that stuff. You know, use your eyes. I, I, you know, I tell my friends this all the time that I, I have the best eyes of any any of my friends. Do they like to claim that they're eye test people. No, 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 no. I'm the eye test guy. Uh, anyways, uh, we saw reported in the Athletic earlier today that uh, teams were calling the Texans on their backup quarterbacks. Now, it was not very clear if they were calling on Davis Mills, if they were calling on Case Keenum, but they were calling on the Houston Texans backups. And it was reported that the Texans were not interested at the time to talk about their quarterbacks. I don't know about you, Blankers. And look... Davis Mills, you got him in the third round. He started a few games for you. I do think he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you look at some other players that were drafted the year that Davis Mills was at his position. Zach Wilson was the number two pick that year. He's a backup. Trey Lance was the third pick. He's already on his second team. Kyle Trask can't start over Baker Mayfield. Kellen Mond has been cut a time or two. I think he's on his third team as well. So Davis Mills, third-rounder... Did he
0: make the Cleveland he, roster?
1: He ended up making the roster because they traded Joshua Dobbs. Oh, that's right. They traded Dobbs. They were going to, the to release Kellen Mond, and then Arizona said, hey, we're going to give you a fourth for Dobbs. Will you do that? They said yes, and then they reversed their decision on Kellen Mond. So Mond actually made the team thanks to Arizona. Uh, but you look at other, the other quarterbacks around Davis Mills. Mills is better than Kellen Mond. Like He hadn't been cut by the Texans. Kyle Trask can't get on the field. We've seen Davis Mills a little Bit. Trey Lance on his second team Zach Wilson's Aaron Rodgers backup so Davis Mills for a third rounder relative to the quarterback position was fine he's not a starter in the NFL but he was fine at that spot should Nick Casario have taken a quarterback in the third round with all that was going on within the organization Deshaun stuff the team was a long way to go probably not fair to criticize that but Mills the a quarterback in the third round fine compared to other players around him if somebody offered me a fourth rounder for Davis Mills though Blankers ahead of cut day yesterday See you, Davis. We appreciate your service. Thank you for everything that you've done. But we're trading you for a fourth rounder. See
0: you later. Wish you well in your future endeavors. Best of both worlds, right? Because I think that he wants an opportunity somewhere to at least know that there's a chance that he could be the starter for a team. And I think that he sees the obvious, although he didn't see it in training camp, or at least that's what he told us. But the obvious is we have our quarterback of the future. Your services are going to be at a backup at best. And I think that's what he sees in the Houston Texans. If he gets a clean start and a fresh start with somebody else, and it's probably, it has to be with a team that either has already told him up front, you're going to be a backup or it's a team that doesn't have a long-term solution at quarterback yet and see something in him. Fresh start for him. You get a pick back for him after trading up to get him in the first place. It may, it's not the same kind of pick, but it doesn't matter because you got something for him. And the guy coming in, in my opinion was the guy that I wanted to see be his main backup anyway because he's a great big brother i mean he's a guy that can come in and show him the ropes and teach him some things he's not going to be like over aggressively trying to get the job from stroud he's going to be trying to get him to be the best version of himself in the job as the starter and if things go wrong you turn it over to him been there done that he can get you some he can keep you in some games he can do some things
1: yeah look uh it doesn't really matter who the backup quarterback for this team is, to be completely honest. 1159, I would take a fourth all day for Mills and rock with uh, Keenum and E.J. Perry. Perry looked decent in the last preseason game. Uh, 1739, fourth round pick, totally. Uh, they can have them. I would be good with Perry and Keenum. Look, it doesn't matter who the backup quarterback really is. If C.J. Stroud were to go down, like there's really nothing great to watch the Texans for, anyways. I love Case Keenum. Go Kooks. But if Stroud goes down, like Des- like Deshaun Watson did in his rookie year. Like you're watching the defense. You don't think that the offense is going to do a whole lot. Like, can Case can he move the ball? Sure. He can move the ball.
0: Well, Damian Pierce isn't going to have well, a single he- hole to run in because they're just going to load the box up. And you're not
1: going to win games. Right. right?
0: You're not going to you're not going to win games. Like
1: it doesn't matter the quarterback room. This quarterback room belongs to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is the quarterback for the Houston Texans, much like Deshaun Watson in his rookie year. I don't even know the full quarterback room. I know Savage was there. I don't know if there was a third quarterback whenever Savage and Watson were battling for the starting quarterback job. But even then, even with Watson not being the opening day starter way back when in his rookie year, that was Watson's room. And if Watson goes down, we'll kiss the season goodbye. It's the same thing with CJ Stroud. It doesn't matter who your backup quarterback is. It doesn't matter that Mills has familiarity with the position. It doesn't matter that Case is a good solid veteran. Love Case Go Kooks. Maybe he can move the ball a little bit. I think he would. But if
0: CJ Stroud were to go down, that's your quarterback. That's your franchise guy. You then immediately start rooting against just rooting against the Browns. And you're that's already all- doing that though, right? Uh, you are, but I mean you do it even more because now you don't want to face the harsh reality that you're headed for watching your pick be in the top two, and there's nothing you can do about it because you're not going to use it So it's been traded away. So that would be where you start to really feel that kind of animosity in in your heart going, this sucks. No matter how good the defense might be or how much talent's on the defense, it's going to be really tough to watch that because you know that there's no carrot at the end of the the year that says dangling there for you to say, hey, look, we're in a scenario where with our pick, we can get another really good football player right away at the top of the draft. So it's going to be crushing if that would happen, but at least from the standpoint of a guy that can run an offense that's that's done some things in the NFL with some team some good teams, I feel a lot stronger in the fact that at least Case Keenum isn't going to allow you to completely load up the box, tee off, and go, Davis Mills can't beat us. Case Keenum can make some throws.
1: I just don't think it matters who backup quarterback is. Like, if you get to that point, then it's toast, like regardless. And I I love Case. Uh, 409 Josh asking, is Davis Mills the best quarterback in his draft class? No. No, we we mentioned the bust. Wilson, Trey Lance, and then we mentioned the guys that were drafted around Davis Mills, like Kyle Trask, like Kellen Mond. Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick of that draft. Uh, I would still take Zach Wilson over Davis Mills. I would take Trey Mm -hmm. Lance over Davis Mills. Justin Fields was drafted that year. Justin Fields got an MVP vote last year by some biased voter. Uh, Mac Jones was drafted that year. Mac Jones is better than Davis Mills. I think Kyle Trask is better than Davis Mills. We just haven't seen him play a whole lot. I think Mills is better than Kellen Mond. Ian Book was drafted that year. He stinks. Sam Ellinger, Texas is back. He stinks. Uh, But no, Davis Mills is probably fifth. But I'm still taking Trey Lance and and, uh, and Zach Wilson over Davis Mills just because of potential and promise.
0: Absolutely. I I agree with that. I think Zach Wilson's the best thing that ever could have happened to him is the fact that the Jets did what they did bringing in Rodgers because now he doesn't have to figure it out quickly. Now he can learn. He can learn if Rodgers is willing to teach, but he can kind of relax and settle in and get to understand some things instead of being thrown into the fire too soon uh, and have you know everything fall onto his shoulders and him fall apart. Now he can mature both on and off the field. He can understand more, absorb more, and hopefully second time around, he'll be a different quarterback. Lance is a, is a different challenge because they've had time with him. So it remains to be seen if anybody can figure out and unlock that that key that, you know, lets him be who everybody thought he could be because otherwise he could be a huge bust.
1: 7137803776. It's Joe George's fa- favorite part of the show. Favorite part of the week. Why the face Wednesday? Why is Joe making faces today? It's The Killer Bees on ESPN 975, ESPN 925. <laughs> We are real. Some would say trill. Uh what do you got for us, Joe George? Why are you making faces today?
3: Uh we'll start with one sportsy
1: thing. <laughs> Somebody uh, got mad I took a shot at Ellinger. <laughs>
3: um Harrison Bader found out he was getting waived by the Yankees by ESPN. Are you serious? Ooh. Brian Cashman didn't tell him first.
1: Brian Cashman how does this guy still have a job? A great like, question. I don't mind. What a weasel. I love to see Cashman be the general manager of the New York Yankees it's very and good. and drive that, you know, ship right into the seafloor. Terrible analogy. But I don't mind it. Like, I'm glad that Cashman's still employed by the Yankees because I think he's terrible at his job. I think he's awful. I think he's really, really bad. And there's no other team in this, you know, league that I wish bad things upon more than the New York Yankees. So it's it's fun. It's entertaining. But if you're Steinbrenner, how do you still employ Brian Cashman?
0: I don't know because I've talked to friends of mine that are Yankee fans. They have so much more disdain for Steinbrenner and they basically are, give they cash, like Cashman, they they give wow. Cashman a pass, and like Steinbrenner, I'm like, how, why? Like the day to day, you know, the taking from the Stanton contract and all the different moves he's tried, or all the, the the pitchers that he's brought in that immediately get hurt that he gives a mound of money to, or the GQ wine fest about you know blaming the Astros because I can't believe what they did to us. Like <laughs> seriously, they they think that Boone's gonna survive. They think Steinbrenner's to blame, and they think Cashman's okay. And I just don't understand that because this guy, for all his whining and bitching and finger-pointing, hasn't won anything with the biggest payroll and mound of cash to play with every year of anybody in baseball.
1: If I was George Steinbrenner, the first thing that I would do is fire Cashman, and I'd hire Jeff Luno. I would have fired him
3: like three years ago. I know
1: that Luno's blackballed from baseball, but if I was an owner that was serious about winning... I'm hiring Jeff Luno. I'm surprised Steve Cohen's not hiring Jeff Luno. Like Steve Cohen spits in the face of like the the institution of major league baseball owners. They're all mad at him spending the money that he spends, which is reckless. How how are you not hiring Jeff Luno? If you're serious about being a winning organization, you hire Jeff Luno. It's funny that, now, I also don't like Harrison Bader, so I kind of find it funny that he found out on Twitter or wherever, ESPN bottom line. Now, I don't like these, what, what, what these baseball teams are doing either, by the way. I don't like these. Uh, well, we want to save money against the luxury tax. We're out of contention, so we're going to release five or six players that can all help playoff teams yeah, but why a month still after playing? the trade deadline. Baseball is weird with that rule. That is really weird. Now, you remember the old trade deadline, the August 31st yeah. non-waiver? or It was actually the waiver, waiver trade deadline. deadline. Yep. They would put players on waivers all the time. And then as soon as they were claimed, they would just pull them off of waivers. And they never missed a beat. Like Bryce Harper was on waivers. And then no one claimed him because they knew it was all like a dog and pony. And a rule. lot of
0: times they didn't make it public. No yeah. one knew about no it. It was just it. general managers like on an email or a group chat that said, hey, we're putting so-and-so, anybody interested. But yeah, it wouldn't, we wouldn't find out about it. It's completely bizarre when you know that a guy's been put on waivers and he's out there getting knocks for a team. The uh, exactly, like it's it's very very weird. Like I wonder
1: when does this waiver wire run though on these players? Have y'all read that? I if thought it ran that? today. I think
0: it might be like three. days. Is not it twenty four to forty eight hours? I don't know. How I long think I, I thought it was forty eight hours. hours. All right, it's it's just,
3: this whole thing up. is just I, I don't understand how they're playing. If I'm one of these players, how I'm willing to play? But you know
0: what the parallel is? It's in the, it's when the NBA two days.
1: Forty eight hours? When a player is placed on waivers, he's there for forty seven hours. I don't know why forty seven and not forty eight. stupid. <laughs> Probably Manfred's math. Manfred, Manfred math is forty seven hours. So forty seven hours. That's how long the player's exposed for. And they got what, yesterday? Yeah. At like noonish. So tomorrow at noonish, I guess?
0: Should be a fun day to find out who's trying to claim who. Yeah. So because tomorrow noonish. That all right. this is the equivalent of this is NBA teams when they have contract buyouts <laughs> yeah. late in the year. Yeah. And then it's a free for all of playoff teams.
3: Yeah, this is like the guy who sucks in your fantasy football league who's been eliminated from the playoffs. And just unloads his roster. And then dumps roster. team. And yep. you have to kick that guy
0: out of the league because you just can't have
1: it. They need to, uh, they need to fix this, honestly. This needs to be a rule next year where you can't do this. Well, or if you just get the like blame for been stuff been you didn't
0: do, and then you just have to be kicked out it, anyway. It hasn't been done.
1: This is the first time that I can remember this ever happening. I, exa- I've now, never heard of this. Well, the, the only the reason this happened was is the because the
0: the waiver deadline yeah. is eliminated.
1: I mean, it, Honestly, it makes sense for the Angels, to be completely honest. Well, just to save the money? Well, they're trying to get under the luxury tax. And then you uh, have, like, the whole repeat offender thing. So, it, I mean, the Angels now, like, digging deep on it, it actually makes sense for the
0: Angels. But the biggest problem is you don't give up your number two and number three rated prospect to get the yeah. guys you got. And That's... then a, less than a month later, you sent them packing and go, no harm, no foul. Well, kind of, there was a foul because you lost your number two and three draft uh, prospect. Yeah. All
3: right, a uh, couple things. Uh, I got one thing. This is, is going to be a heads up, but I just didn't know where else to put it. Tomorrow... We're going to have dinner together, the three of us.
1: Just, I didn't sign up for that. We're going
3: to do Wheel of Bits, try new food. tomorrow. Oh. I'm going to supply and order the new Chick-fil-A sandwich. Oh, yes! A honey pepper and pimento chicken sandwich. And I think if you guys want the shake that they're promoting, the, the caramel crumble milkshake. No, shake. no, I'm no, going with that. Good. I'm,
1: trying, I'm trying to you know, grind on right. beautification.
3: Then we'll just order the sandwiches. I'm going to order them tomorrow. We'll do it at like 5.30.
1: Okay, are they going to get cold?
3: No, I'll Uber it. I'll call it Uber Eats at like five.
1: We're we're, we're thinking they're going to be here at a very specific time. this Uber Eats guy.
3: Uh, you're giving them a tight
0: deadline. Look, man, here's actually, the thing.
3: I'm fat. Them? I'm fat. I get to use. I use Uber Eats way too much. Mm. So I know how to time an order.
0: I've been on the phone with you when they delivered. That's fact.
3: You, you literally <laughs> yeah. have been several. Times. So we're going to try that tomorrow. Are you guys interested?
0: I've heard my friend Screech.
1: My friend Screech said they get extra name. pimento.
3: Extra pimento. Yeah, he
1: he he was very adamant. Do you to, like pimento? I love pimento.
0: Really? You don't like pimento cheese? No, well, you no. put
1: ketchup on it. I'm sure you'll. No, you'll I don't make put it
0: ketchup. On Doctor it. it up a little bit with a little ketchup, and you'll like it. Pimento cheese, even at the Masters, I, I was like. I don't get the pimento I, cheese sandwich. You've done I the Masters. I love oh, yeah. pimento. Oh,
3: cheese. Jealous. Yeah,
0: pimento cheese is fantastic.
3: It's very good. Uh, last thing yeah, I extra, got here: well, extra
1: pimento on mine, please. I'll
3: just remind me tomorrow. Okay. Uh, Subway has uh, created. Gross. Eight. What's your favorite? This, is, this story makes no sense, guys. I don't have a price point on this. Subway has created a what restaurant that trash. flies. They have taken a blimp and put the Subway logo all over it. And you can go up there between 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. It's a 30-minute ride. And like as you go up in the blimp, they serve you a bunch of like their new sandwich items.
0: I'm out. How like, much is that Can cost? they serve me I don't some have other price. food? I would think it's astronomical.
3: But like Exactly like if Whataburger did this, maybe. If Chick-fil-A did this, maybe. Subway, hard pass.
0: But still, what what the hell what's the benefit of going up in the blimp? Just great question. Like, just serve the you have samples out when the next time someone walks into your restaurant and say, Do you like the new sandwiches? All Isn't right. there I'm stupid. Can is, you see out of a blimp? Yeah, uh, there's, there's like a, a cabin.
3: There's a cockpit.
0: There's a cabin.
3: So you have to be in the cabin?
0: Yeah, but I don't think there's You're like...
3: You're not going to bounce around inside the blimp. Yeah, I don't think
0: there's seating in the blimp,
3: though. Oh, it's all Dude, air. i stupid. I don't think they have bleachers on the inside I thought maybe the there bubble. was like inside the around...
0: Can we resurrect something from the last show that was in this
1: time? Christ. Jeez. It's kind of like... I guess it's kind of like a submarine attached to the bottom. Well, I don't the like blimp. that. What's the last there, time we heard a submarine? Wasn't there... Yeah, it wasn't good. Wasn't there a sandwich shop... That was named Blimpy's? Yes, absolutely. What? And they were always at the mall. Do they still exist, Blimpy's? I, I think they might. I've never eaten at a Blimpy's in my life. But how is Subway having a blimp when their rival is Blimpy's?
0: Maybe as a dig.
1: But it, it feels like they'd be punching
0: down. Hey, Blimpy, this is, you're bad. You should have done this, but we're doing it instead. Blimpy's still exists. Can Subway give me other food, though? Like if I go up on the Subway Blimp,
1: can they serve me a little Pimento Chick fil A sandwich? No.
0: Well, I'm out. This, this, is a, wow. like, this is like people paying that exorbitant amount of money to get on the two different routes that you can get up in space for 30 seconds.
1: I have, Yeah, it is. I have zero interest in being inside a blimp, period.
0: Sam. I don't want to be in a blimp. I, 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 I don't have a security. I don't feel very safe and secure no, in one. No, I'm good. I'm good never being in a blimp in my entire life. Little When I was little, I was fascinated by the Goodyear blimp. And they used I, to be in Houston. Uh, it,
1: of 45. It's really? Where they, yeah, they used to have the Goodyear blimp house it was like a giant like it was almost like an airport hangar and it, that's where it lived it was right really? on 45 i think it's a dealership now
0: i had the inflatable uh goodyear blimp that would hang it could hang oh yeah from the ceiling Those are yeah cool. and it was always really super cool my dad would always take me to go see it when it was in town for a sporting event and, and they'd land it and you could look at it and whatever but I, I i wouldn't want to be on one
1: yeah the hangar, the hangar was here up until 1992 it's In it, california it, now? It left and i don't know where it's at now
0: i, I thought think it was like two I, I thought it was in ohio I think they have multiples, and I thought they had it closer to each coast.
1: Maybe so. Maybe they have one in Ohio. Maybe they have one in Cali. But yeah, I used to be here until 92. Zero and, uh, interest in
0: being in a blimp. Since uh, this segment's
3: called Why the Face Wednesday, and I just made a big face when I read this, we'll just read this headline for you guys. Prosecutors in the Dominican Republic are investigating a second formal complaint lodged by an underage girl against Tampa Bay Rays shortstop, Wanda
0: Franco. kind of knew this was coming. I, the way you were reading it, I'm like, I know where this is going, and yep. it ain't good. That's per Jeff Passant. Do we know the laws there?
3: He broke them. Sure, seems like he broke them. Yeah, whatever they are.
1: How would I even Google that? Dominican Republic. <sighs> I don't know. Laws I would. The Magic Wander. <laughs> I don't know if I would. You get me in trouble. I don't
0: know if I'm googling that on it work server. Well, uh, I'm, I'm a rebel of radio. The Magic Wander was waving way too much. This dude, he might have screwed up his whole career. No, he's, he's done. Probably should go to jail forever. He's, maybe, maybe
1: he'll play with uh, Bauer in Japan. He's yeah. never playing in Major League never Baseball again. again. I don't think so.
3: My yeah, fires. Age, age
1: of consent in Dominican Republic is eighteen. Oh, he is toast. It's fourteen in Ecuador. I just pulled it That's up. That's gross. Well, yeah, now that there's know, the second, really really a second. It's a different woman. You said right.
3: This is the this is or this, girl. This is the second underage girl, and they're investigating three different matters. Because wasn't
0: there questions based on people prejudging what she posted and what she looked yeah. like, her age? Ridiculous. Which man. is no business of anybody to do other than what her ID says and what the law says. Uh, this is bad. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want him
1: to ever play baseball again. I hope I never hear of this gross dude ever again. It's ridiculous. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's on the pup. He's going to be out for a minimum of four games. Where do you draft Jonathan Taylor now in fantasy football drafts? And apparently, Blankers, your team wanted Jonathan Taylor. Also, has there ever been a more likable tour than the tour that Aaron Rodgers is going on. He went from unlikable to lovable in a matter of a year. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
0: Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.
1: Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. So Jonathan Taylor's going to be out for a while with the Colts. Still can be traded. You think he gets traded, but he's still going
0: to be out four games. I know, but I mean, at least, but the, some people had the misconception that if you're on the, the, the list, the pup list or whatever it is, you can't be traded. Yes, right.
1: you can. Absolutely. But minus four games from Jonathan Taylor, that, that what you're trading becomes less. And if the Colts didn't like an offer for a full season Jonathan Taylor, team's going to want to pay less for a minus four game Jonathan Taylor. I think it becomes very difficult to trade him. I think it becomes.
3: I, I don't, That's because Colts, it sounds like Jim Irsay was drinking during these trade negotiations. I don't, him, for, wh- is, I don't think he yeah, had any interest in trading him. He asked for Jalen Waddle. I don't think yeah, what he wants versus
0: what the reality of what he could get is.
1: I don't even think he wanted to trade him. I just he was. I I think he was kind of trolling. To be honest with you, I think he was telling Jonathan Taylor, "Go figure out your worth. It's not going to be nearly as much as you think, and then you're going to come back to the Colts." the pup thing is interesting to me. It's like okay, yeah, then you're screwing yourself. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really get not all available that. for four weeks. I don't know if I like that. Uh, fantasy football drafts—you probably have already done your fantasy football draft. But if you're like me and you do drafts around the clock, I got
0: one left. I got one on Sunday. Uh,
1: okay, is it PPR half point PPR standard? Standard flex, super flex.
3: Don't know yet. <laughs> uh, half flex.
1: Where are you? Where are you taking Jonathan Taylor? Because I was—I was in the draft room the other day. Jonathan Taylor was uh, on the board, way way past his ADP, and I, I sat there and I asked myself, at what point? Does Jonathan Taylor have value? Because I mean, what, what round were you in? I was currently in the
0: fifth. I elected not to pick him. I thought sixth. The sixth and beyond, if he's available, it's an interesting pick. I took it him. In the,
3: we had the producer league draft last week.
0: Did you have to do the Olympics first?
3: I didn't do it because we were at Vegas, so I oh. just took the last pick. So with the first pick in the fourth round, mm-hmm. I took Jonathan Taylor.
1: First pick, fourth round, too early. I think it is too Well, that league? was
3: before he was on right, the Right, 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 right. List.
1: But I'm saying like right now. That's now too early. Now
3: it's way too early. Now I'm not touching him. Like uh, uh, I mean, if he's
1: available in the last round of your draft, then you're picking yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Well, like like, like, like there is there is a there's a price point where Jonathan Taylor is sure. valuable.
3: I, I would say this. Like if you're if you're a good fantasy football player and you follow the strategy of waiting and draft a quarterback because most of the time they get drafted too high. Uh, if, I mean, I've got, if, if, elite if I've got if I've got eight
1: quarterbacks a thing.
3: If I've got three like two running backs and three wide receivers or whatever, my two my my five main spots are filled mm-hmm. and I get to the so the sixth round and Jonathan Taylor's there, then I'm comfortable taking Jonathan Taylor before I take a quarterback or a tight end.
1: There's still value for Taylor because where where do you win money in fantasy football? You win it in the playoffs, right? I mean some people have, you know, points, season total, things like that. Right. But the most of the money up top is at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So I I'm pretty bold on how I draft like I I'm looking for guys. That are going to be really good in the fantasy playoffs, which most leagues still have like week sixteen as their championship. Some have moved it to like week sixteen, week seventeen. So I'm actually attacking the latter part of the year versus the early part of the year. I would still probably draft, it sounds like to me, Jonathan Taylor more than, than you would, Joe. Because I'm I, I'm going to seek Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor is still a very good football player, and you would, would expect that he's going to be playing when all the money is yeah, won I, I, in I, the I, fantasy plus, football playoffs.
0: Think about how many guys throw away the. The last pick in the last round of their draft, or they're looking at kickers or backups.
1: Yeah, now, now, I mean, he's never going to be available in the last round.
0: Like, I was being egregious, no, but I'm, I was I'm being... just opening up by saying, Think about that, and then think about it. if you can get a guy that potentially in week five is a starter that could put up massive numbers, right, as opposed to a late, you know, late round guys that are and throw away picks at the end of a draft. That's why I said anything at sixth round and after, if he's still there, I think it's a very smart pick.
1: I think there's a price point for sure.
0: It's just hard because...
1: Aaron Jones or Jonathan Taylor?
0: Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones as well.
1: Uh, Kenneth Walker or Jonathan Taylor?
3: This is hard. There you go. Kenneth Walker because right now is RB15. I want to say Kenneth Walker, but when they drafted Charbonnet, it changed everything for me. So. That's Seattle? Yeah. 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 Alexander- I-, I think Seattle's going to have a down year.
1: Alexander Madison.
3: Taylor. Or
1: John- Jonathan, yeah, Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Taylor. Alexander right now, let's just look at it real quick. Alexander Madison is ADP 49. 12, 24, 36, 48. That is an early fifth rounder. So, like, Jonathan Taylor, if he's available in the sixth round of your draft, you're taking Jonathan Taylor. Maybe even, like, late
3: fifth. There's the problem is, is that I don't know who's telling the truth. Like, are the Indianapolis Colts telling the truth that, A, his ankle is still a problem from last year from the surgery he had, B, he hurt his back in the offseason away from the team, yeah. and then now he's on the pup list. So like, is he on the pup list for a reason? That's my concern, where it's just like, is this guy actually going to play this year? And is he just going to be bitter? There's, there's a like, lot of well, risk. It's, there's it's a also ton the, of risk.
0: It's also the Slim Jim Harden approach of, if you don't take care of me, then I'm going to be ailing all year and I may gain weight and I'm going to be disinterested. Absolutely. So you're going to end up paying me to just cope.
3: No, there's there's risk
1: that he's going to give you
0: nothing. No, if I, Absolutely have, if I have the
3: perfect strategy, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. And then and the next round, I'm taking Evan Hall. No, that's
1: way too early for Evan Hall.
3: I think he's going to be a stud. I loved him at Northwestern. Of course he like, did,
0: because he went to Northwestern.
3: He's a good running back. Like He's going to be RB1 right away from them. So, like... <sighs> I know it's early, but I'm guaranteeing that I have that protection in case he never plays.
1: 2422 said I got him in the 7th round last night. Good like, for you get Jonathan Taylor in the 7th round, that's a win. Hell yeah. That's a
3: even like I understand
1: there's a chance he's going to do absolutely nothing. There's a chance maybe this injury is legit. There's a chance that he's never going to play this year. There's a chance he's super disgruntled and he's not Jonathan Taylor. But if you're getting somebody with the upside of Jonathan Taylor in the 7th round, you absolutely do it. I think I think it's 6th round. I think it's sixth round. I think if you get Jonathan Taylor in the sixth round, that's where you take him right now.
3: Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you have Richard uh, blocked on Twitch right now, but he has a question for you. Okay. Uh, um, What's the earlier pick, Jonathan Taylor, this season or also – out for four games. I mean, suspended Alvin Kamara.
1: Give me upside of Jonathan Taylor.
0: Yeah, he's way better. I mean, I Jonathan, that you
1: get Jonathan Taylor in a sixth round or like the texture had in the seventh round, and he's Jonathan Taylor from two years ago. He's a league winner.
3: You've Co- won your league. Kamara was RB like it's like if you take away that one week last year where you scored like three or four touchdowns, he was like RB twenty three last year.
0: You just got to worry about a, a guy like that that is used all over the field gets used up very quickly, and at this point in time. With his age and everything, like I just I don't know what's left of, of Alvin Kamara. And I don't I try not to draft scumbags. And, and, and here's the other, well, but here's the other thing: uh, when you're talking about a guy like Taylor trying to play for another contract, I'm pretty sure that he's gonna. He's going to give you his best if he gets on the field, unless he's Slim Jim Harden. I'm also interested in the Saints' backfield. Like They, they, they brought
1: in Williams, who I think is going to fall into the end zone and score touchdowns. Uh, they drafted Keandre Miller from TCU, who they want to do like similar things that Kamara does. So I think that's a more crowded backfield than, than what the Colts have. Did, did you see the Packers were the mystery team on Jonathan Taylor? Did they catch you by surprise? Yeah, why? So, Wisconsin kid.
0: Yeah, for sure. Right, that's you're trading Aaron Jones? No, 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 no. A.J. Dillon's going to be free at the end of the year.
3: So you want to have Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones?
0: Now, you're to yeah. run it. First, they probably asked for Aaron <laughs> Jones, but I, I think that Gudenkoons <laughs> liked Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, and he likes the fact it kind of fits this young rebuild that he's doing, but he's got a lot because he had a lot of first round picks and high picks that are on this roster right now that he's building for the future. I think he'd like to have Jonathan Taylor. I'm sure the price was too high, but with A.J. Dillon probably playing elsewhere next year, and I don't know what they're going to do with Aaron Jones. He's making $12 million a year, but that's, that's the only reason why it makes sense. That He knows watching all the Wisconsin games and literally almost in his backyard. Look,
3: I, I love it. It'd be a like, good story. It's literally their idea to, was it going to be, Jordan Love can't throw the ball. No, 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 but so we're just going to hand it to Aaron Jones you know, maybe, and Jonathan mean, Taylor. Everybody. While you had Rodgers, this was always field.
0: their plan. They always wanted to be a run-heavy run team. It's not quite like D'Amico was talking about, but that, that Rodgers would never let it happen. But this is the plan that 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 um LaFleur brought with him from San Francisco. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be run heavy.
1: Yeah, I I mean Taylor's an upgrade, I think. There, uh, Aaron Rodgers getting a lot of love for talking smack yesterday on Hard Knocks. I fell asleep watching this episode, but I did see some like the highlights of this. I think Aaron. I think the like reclamation project of Aaron Rodgers is complete. I think a lot of people were really complete? jumping on. I think so. I think a lot of people really like Aaron Rodgers now. He went on from how being, he, plays. he went from being hated to now kind of being adored by the NFL Yeah, community. I,
0: I, I don't think it's completed yet, I, but I think that he's definitely turned the corner and turned a whole lot of opinions around. He, he should be, th- as much as he bitched, and he bitched about Hard Knocks and having to deal with that, it's been the best thing for him. Because yes. every single week, you get to see a personality and a side of him that endears yourself a little bit to him as much as you fight it. And, and I think that without Hard Knocks, I don't know that he would have been to, at this point right now, but I think you're right that he's got a lot of people turning the corner.
1: Yeah, he's. Uh, it's interesting how you know, he goes from being very, very hated to now kind of beloved amongst uh, football fans. 713-780-ESPN, 713-780-3776. If Nick Casario knew that Kenyon Green was dealing with his injury... Did he set the team up for failure by not acquiring another guard besides Shag Mason? It's The Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.